Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. place that are just being given to God to use and anoint the way he wants to do it and I love it I love it I love it I love I I love being a part of a family that's just recklessly abandoned that's the kind of people I want to be around that's the kind of people I want to have in my corner I don't care if you got it all together you can have you can be screwed up in every which way but if you've come to the point you say I'm abandoned to God and the work he has for my life I can I can I can attach arms with you and we can storm hell with a water pistol man I love Jesus and I love this family and I love this body I feel like a love I'll just give you a big group hug if I could. All right. Last time I was with you guys, I, uh, I spoke about intimacy, and I called it intimacy was always the plan. And tonight we're going to do a part two to it. Because uh, I'm discovering right now in my walk with Jesus that when I find myself at his feet, where he's my everything, where I've took my focus off the ministry, and I've took my focus off the fruit of the ministry, and I've put my eyes on my Father, that all that other stuff just produces. It's like He pours Holy Spirit miracle grow on everything, and it just begins to grow fruit and produce life, and life more abundantly. I'm tired of reading scriptures that says, I will live in life and life more abundantly and not see it. I'm ready to encounter it, Life Church. I'm ready for us as a community of believers to begin to live in the full abundance of Jesus Christ. He said, I've given you everything you'll need for every good work. That's who we're going to be. We're going to be born-again believers that trust that God is as good as the Bible says He is. And we're going to do it together. I want to read a scripture and then we'll pray. Uh, I'm coming out of the Passion Translation tonight. It's not much different on this particular scripture than it is in the New King James Version that I normally teach out of. I just love the way uh, uh, Dr. Brian Simmons, or I think that's his name, uh, breaks this scripture down. But we're going to read Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 7 and 8. And, and tonight, uh, I'll try not to get too wound up like I normally do because I, this is, to me, I just want to teach you something tonight. I just want to share something with you that uh, will begin to shift the way you view God. And I, I'm so, um, it's so amazing to me that we were getting ready for this weekend to preach and what Josh preached on this morning and hearing the fruit that come out of that word and then going into this tonight. But uh, let's read this and I'll pray. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to read it out of the past translation. It'll be a little different from you guys. It says, ask, the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover Knock, and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for what you've already done and worship. We thank you that you are creating in us a heart for worship. We thank you that here in Life Church. We have right now a beautiful body of believers that are ready to receive what you have for us, Jesus. We thank you, and our hearts are open 
We lay tradition aside. We lay opinions aside. But we just want to know what are you declaring over our lives, over this house, over our community, over our state, over our nation. We want to know the will of the Father. And we want to learn it by spending time with you. So I pray tonight, God, you allow us to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is scripture I've read probably a thousand times. It's probably something you've read a thousand times. And I, it was it, I, when Holy Spirit took me to these set of scriptures and he began to show this revelation to me, I just opened up my heart to say, I just want to know what you mean by it. That's uh, taken a new emphasis in my life to the way we read the Bible because he said it is a living word. So when I sit down and expect it to come to life, he will begin to reveal the things he was speaking when this was written. And when he, I began to see this, it was so beautiful. And what God began to show me is ask, seek, and knock were three things he said that all were meant to bring us into intimacy with the Father. So many times we throw out this scripture in a selfish gaining way. We're more concerned about our uh, what is our race, what am I supposed to doing, what can I ask God for, if I seek I need to find what I'm looking for. We put a preconceived selfish idea when this was just meant to get us in the presence of a good, good father. When he began to show me what ask was, ask is coming to God with intrigue of a topic he puts on your heart. We have to realize that we've been given the Spirit of God and we have to begin to put all of our faith and hope and trust in that we have the Spirit of God in us and He's giving us intrigue for one reason and that was to bring us to the feet of Jesus. If you ever have a question in your mind that creates doubt of His goodness or it brings confusion, it's not a God thought. It's not a God question. I'm beginning to learn in the mystery, in the, in the wonder of who God is and how good of a father he is. He begins to push and press things on my heart that I want to ask him. And it always results in me spending time with him. Everything Jesus did here on earth was to bring reconciliation that we could be in right relationship with the father. Everything he did was to bring us to an intimate place of spending time with him. We're out asking the wrong questions. We're trying to figure things out that was only meant to be figured out at the feet of Jesus. When you stop asking the wrong questions and start asking God questions, it'll bring you to a place where you realize you're asking questions that are so far beyond your ability to answer. You have to get in his presence. I want to ask supernatural questions. I want to ask God questions. I want to ask the questions that leave my mortal ability way back in the background. And it takes me to a place where I have to say, it's you or nothing. I, I don't have an answer to this question. I cannot figure it out. I'm not going to figure it out by talking to the people around me. I'm going to figure it out when I get at the feet of Jesus and I spend time with my father. A community in communion. That's what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry for a bunch of Jesus freaks that just spend time with God. It'll wreck the world. It's going to be beautiful. He gives us His Spirit, and our desires become God desires. 
I want God desires. I want God desires. Questions become hunger for insight into his heart. When we begin to realize the spirit that we have in us and the ass begins to drive us to the intimate place, we begin to ask the questions that are outside of my ability. I don't want to pray for travel and grace anymore. I want to understand that the Holy Spirit is with me and I'm asking questions. I'm praying prayers that bring me to a place that if God doesn't answer them, they won't get answered. We were created to live in a realm with the God of the universe, Holy Spirit living inside of us, that we see him intervene in supernatural ways, family members getting saved, bodies getting healed, relationships getting restored, revival beginning to come to our community. It's when we begin to ask the questions that others aren't asking because we don't want to leave our box of self-control. It scares us when I don't have control. It is a vulnerable place when I find myself in the presence of God asking questions that are outside of my ability. I spent so much time in the beginning of my relationship with God asking questions I could answer. I would pray prayers that I could figure out on my own. But that's not relationship with God. I didn't need a relationship with God because I wasn't living outside of my ability. I wasn't created to live in the confines of this natural body. I'm a spiritual being having an earthly experience. I'm meant to bring authority, power, and reconciliation to the world around me. And it's when I spend time with Jesus. It's when I spend time with Jesus. What is most important to you? Asking questions that keep you comfortable or learning what your father's saying about who you were created to be. Man, we are going, we can't see it on potential anymore. We can't see it and let relationship die. You can't pray prayers with a good conscience knowing that you're asking for something that comes when you spend time with Jesus. We beg him to answer prayers, and we don't even know what he's saying over what we're praying. Go spend time with him. Ask, seek, and not was created that I would get hungry to spend time with a good father. And I would begin to learn what he's speaking over the situation. Every, I say this all the time, and I'll probably say it in every other message I ever preach. But everything Jesus did, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. It's because he knew the importance of knowing what God was saying about the situation, not what his opinion was. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 3 through 7. I'm going to read a little bit, dissect it, read a little bit, dissect some more. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions, you adulterous people. He gave us the Spirit of God. And when we begin to spend time with the Father, we begin to have God desires. I want to have God desires. I want to have desires that leave my ability in the dust. I want desires that are for a community and for a parish. I want to have desires that desire to see my father show up and be who he is in every single way. And that I'm just a conduit for his desires. Man, if we just begin to have the God desires, we begin to ask the God questions. 
We begin to leave behind the simple things of life and step into the good things of God. We are so consumed. I, I don't want to say that for everybody. I get quickly consumed with little things in this life that God is already taken care of, but I don't know what he's speaking because I don't spend time in his presence. Or I spend time in his presence and I'm not asking the right questions. Because I'm not connected with the spirit inside of me to know what God is speaking. I have been giving this helper, this comforter, that is actually God with me. One called along beside me. And when I begin to spend time with him and understand what his voice is, I'll begin to ask the right questions. And I'll begin to see what God is saying. And I'll begin to just desire his desires. And I'll begin to want to see his heart. It's a beautiful thing when we as believers start acting like believers. We, we quote scriptures. We throw out our belief. We throw out our faith. But are we spending time with God? Because what I'm beginning to learn is faith is a confidence that comes from spending time with God. We throw out that word so nonchalantly. But faith is a confidence. It's a confidence in knowing that He is a good, good Father. And He has every perfect answer for me. He's declaring life over what is dead. He's declaring newness over what is dry bones. He's declaring good things, but I have to spend time with Him to know what those good things are. When we begin to position ourselves at the feet of Jesus, becoming like Him through the intimate place, we begin to hunger and desire God things because we become like what we love. I love my wife. Josh does not have to come to my house and force me to spend time with my wife. I love her and I want to get to know her better. And God relationship is so much more important than my relationship with my wife. I can't be a good husband unless I know who God says I am to be a husband. I can't be a good friend unless I know what God is declaring me as a friend. We have to begin to seek Him for the things in our life so that we can be excellent and give Him a good name. Honor His name. Glorify His name through a character that's so far beyond our ability. The world around us, we live in this Bible Belt. That, what is there, 68 churches in Caldwell? Everybody's a Christian. But nobody's honoring God with a life that's spent at the feet of Jesus. Everybody proclaims something. But when you begin to spend time at the feet of Jesus, you won't have to say anything. It begins to radiate out of you because you become like what you spend time with. I've said this before. I, have, I am the corniest jokes ever. All of them. They're terrible. But my wife uses them now because she lives with me. And I'm beginning to rub off on her. You become like who you spend time with. I want Jesus to rub off on me, not the negativity at my job. That's good. Y'all can go home. That's just good. Let's read on in James. Uh, do you not know that the friendship, and when, I, when we go into this right here, I just want to shift gears on the same topic, but I want to deal with when you spend time with God, you start asking and declaring what He is saying over situations. We as the church, we were talking about this this weekend, and I'll use New Orleans as an example because this is what come up because Josh and Courtney went and visited. We went a little while back. I love New Orleans that place down there. I love the people. I love the food. It is fun. I love it. It's so exciting. And every time we go, we see 
the love that God has for those people down there. But every time we get ready to go to New Orleans and we talk about it or we talk about somebody going to it, I hear how high the crime rate is. And I hear how negative it is. And there's witchcraft down there. And it's just a big party town. And it's satanic. And it's all there. Well, you are declaring when you call yourself a believer and you have life in your mouth, you're siding with the enemy and becoming partners with Satan himself to create death over a place. We are holding cities and people fugitive to mistakes they've made instead of declaring freedom over their bondage. Do you not know that friendship with the world, negativity, your friendship with what the world speaks about stuff is enmity with God? When you speak what God's not speaking, you're enmity with Him. When you side with what the world speaks over people. Let's deal with people for a minute. Because we've got a lot of beautiful people in this community that have a label by a bunch of people that give themselves the name of Christ. If you declare over a human being created by God, loved by God, thought of before the foundations of the world, and you choose to side with God, you are, I mean, with Satan over what he has captivated them with, you are enmity with God. You cannot live in relationship with the Father and know his voice when you side with the God of this world and declare death over what God is speaking life. I can't be friends with you. I can't spend time with you when I am passionately pursuing God's voice for a community and all you have to speak is death. I love you and I'll promote you and I will encourage you, but I won't allow you to speak truth into my life because you don't know the truth. The truth is that God has an answer and he's good and I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn what that answer is. I want to know what he says about cancer. I want to know what he says about drugs in our parish. I want to know what his answer is. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When I begin to dig into this ask, Holy Spirit took me to these scriptures and he said, because ask brings you to intimacy and that's the thing Satan fears the most. You will not, you will stop having conversations with the enemy if you spend time with God. How often do you find yourself conversing in your mind over lies? Self-reflect. How many times do you dwell on a thought that is contrary to God saying, you are a beloved child of God, accepted, redeemed, set free, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now go take on the world. I'm starting to shine every, that's beginning to be my flashlight that I shine on every thought that comes through my mind. If it don't align with that, I just ain't got time for it. It's a lie. But spending time with God allows us to recognize any other voice than the Father's. Time with Him clarifies His voice. Satan is after intimacy. 
in intimacy, you come to the full reality of your authority over darkness, over principality, and they can no longer lie to you into a place of conversation. Instead, you know that he has no right to speak to you. You are a child of God. Learning how he loves you in the place of intimate relationship, Satan fears. If you learn how he loves you, oh, how he loves us. I love that song. Sorry for the singing. It just bubbled up for a minute. There's a reason they haven't invited me to sing with them. (laughs) Keep preaching. But it's when you know how he loves you. How does he love you? Because your relationship should look different than my relationship. Because I have a very intimate, personal relationship with Holy Spirit. And I've let down my walls and I'm vulnerable with him. So that he can begin to teach me who I was created to be. You pray things like, Lord, let me know your will. Just spend time with him. Just begin to know his heart. It says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. But it's the glory of kings to search it out. I'm beginning to find the search is spending time with him. It's not like he's trying to hide your identity from you. He wants to reassure you more than you want to be reassured. That's a good question. Questions are God things when they result in you sitting at the feet of Jesus. Questions create a wonder of how good he is. And it draws me into this deep, intimate relationship. But if you find yourself in your mind asking questions, having conversations, that creating you fear, anxiety, worry, stress, confusion, anxiety over relationship with God. It's a lie. And you have to spend time. I, it's so amazing to me. We went through a little time here uh, when God began to just take me to a new place. Excuse me. In relationship with him. And I went through this week with him. And I, I, it's just like I didn't care. Everything in the world happened at one time. I was just going to spend time with him. It didn't matter. It, it just it was the most important thing to me. And I spent that time, and it's like God was showing me that the value of that time spent with him. Because the very next week, we went into this insanely busy week. And when we did, I didn't spend that time with him. And what I mean by that is I left that mental place of just focusing on him. I was doing the same things the week before, but this week I wasn't in that spirit of prayer. I wasn't focused on my relationship with him. I wasn't loving him throughout the day. I wasn't declaring my thankfulness. I wasn't in a worshiping heart. And Satan began to come in with these lies that were conquered a long time ago, that were destroyed a long time ago. And the more he spoke, the more I conversed with him. Because instead of listening to the voice of God, it just began to get kind of cloudy. It began to get kind of foggy. And I just began to quote scripture. And I began to say things I knew. And it didn't help. Because the word is dead without intimacy with the Father. It is a living word. And it comes to life in the presence of God. It comes to life when I'm spending time with the one who wrote it. When I'm spending time with the one who pressed it on those writers' hearts. It comes to life and a scripture begins to carry authority when I know the one who's speaking it. I cannot 
defeat a bad mindset if I don't know what the Father's saying about it. I can declare it. I can scream at it. I can get mad. I can take it out on whatever I want to take it out. But when you wake up, the same bad mindset will be there. The same pile of lies will be there trying to rob you of your destiny. But you have to spend time with Him. You have to know. And it's so crazy that when you begin to spend time with Him and you begin to position your mind and your heart on the Father, that it's like His small, still voice just begins to crumble lies. And it's so easy I don't have to spend four hours convincing myself of something. I just know what the Father says. That's it. That's it. He spoke. It's done. It's finished. He's the God of completeness. He don't speak something and then leave your life floating around. What He brings to speak destroys a lack of confidence in who He is. Let's go into seek right quick. Uh... When God began to show me this, he said, I very specifically listed them that way. Okay? He said, ask, seek, and then knock. Ask is when we fall in that place of wonder, of how good he is. And it draws us into his presence. And we begin to sing time with him. And there's one thing I know about God that I'm 100% sure of. is the more time I spend with him, the more time I want to spend with him. He is so good that when I begin to get to know him, it'll take over your life. It'll ruin a lesser relationship. It'll, it'll ruin tying yourself to lies of the enemy. It'll begin to sicken you because you know that in that intimate place, I know his heart and what he's declared. And out of that time spent with him, that wonder of the ask, we begin to seek. And when, when Holy Spirit began to show me this, and I don't know if it's everybody in this room, but I felt like it was kind of like life church as a whole of what we're going through as far as doctrine and things of that nature that we have gotten to the place where we said we don't want it if it's not God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how our denominational or non-denominational or whatever, it doesn't matter that we don't care about denomination, we don't care about traditions, and we don't care what it's always looked like. We just want God. And then he brought me to seek. Seek is a desire that comes from the intimate place with God. We discover his goodness that provokes a beautiful hunger to know him even more as a good, good father. If you break down that word seek in the Hebrew, it's Z-A-Q-A-Q. And it comes from the root, root, root word. Comes from the root word. Comes from the root word. I said it again. It means strain. We'll just leave it at that. It means strain. And when he showed me this, I was like, whoa, I must have looked up. Let me hit that strong concordance one more time. No, the Holy Spirit led me back to it again. It said, it is to strain, to extract, to clarify, to pour down, to purge to purify, to refine. And what Holy Spirit was saying is when you begin to spend time with me and you begin to seek me, your seeking will be in vain if your tradition is more important than my presence. If the way you've always seen results is the most important thing to you, you'll be looking in a dark room for a light switch that does not exist. 
We'll be wandering around because the whole time I want to hold on to the way I've always done it. I want to hold on to the way uh, I think it happened last time. When the whole time God is saying, this thing is going to be a strain. And what he meant was, I'm not talking about that, oh, it's a strain to get in uh, uh, the intimate time or it's a strain to read my Bible. We're over that. Just spend time with God. It creates a hunger. But what I'm talking about strain here, what Holy Spirit's speaking on strain, he said, because it's going to be a strain for you to leave you. To seek God, you're going to have to leave you. See, it makes us uncomfortable. I can see the look on somebody's face, and I did it the same thing. I was like, but I'm seeing results, but I'm seeing people get healed, but I got this hunger because I want more of God, but to go deeper with God, I'm going to have to realize holding on to the things I think I have figured out don't work. They're not okay. I'm seeking in vain. We spend time with God and wonder why we're not seeing an, a more deepening relationship with Him. It's because you're seeking with your hands gripped so tight on what you think you need. God was created us to be givers. Freely I've been given, freely I give. So God created us to be givers. And what I think about that is I have an open hand policy in my life. If God gives it to me, it's for a season. If he takes it away, good. He's replacing it with something better. But we're so hung up on holding on to things, and then we beat ourselves to death seeking God and wondering why we don't hear his voice and see results. It's because you are, you are not in a strain, because the strain is leaving everything you feel is comfortable to say, I just want God. What if he gave you an answer you weren't okay with? What if the result of your prayer that you've been seeking God for years of was not the answer you were looking for? Would you stop praying it? Would you try to figure out a different way? Would you think it's going to come by a different means? No, he is going to give you the answer, but you have got to get past the place that I've got it figured out, and it's going to happen the way I think it's going to happen. Man, he is so perfect, and he is not going to live in our box of comfort. He's not going to be confined to the way we think we've got it figured out. I went over to that other church this morning, and I, I spoke on this message, and I began to say that I'm so over religion because religion will blind you to a vain seeking. You'll spend your entire life seeking, 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 and seeking some more only to figure out I've been searching for something I can't have unless I... Thank you so much. Unless I get to the place that says I'm more worried about his answer than I am my solution. We have got to realize that we don't have the monopoly on anything. And God has an answer for everything. And I've got to come to him. That strain is saying it is going to be difficult to leave my box of control to get what he's actually speaking. It's tough. It's tough to realize that it's the ultimate level to me of vulnerability. And what I mean by that is, is because you have zero control. But you're coming to a place that says, I'm ready to see your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm tired of thinking I have a God that don't speak to me. I'm tired of trying to build a theology off of unanswered prayers. No, 
Maybe you're too concerned about the way you've always done it than just sitting at the feet of Jesus. The seeking is a strain to go beyond our boundary of control and way of thinking and abandoning self to get to know who I am truly created to be, predestined by a good, good father, our God, our father. We're holding on to an identity he didn't give us. In the seeking with a heart that is just postured on God, I begin to see who he really created me to be, who he predestined me to be, who he created me to walk in identity of. I was created to look just like my father, created to look just like Jesus. And I was created to walk in the same authority that he walked in. But I've got to come to his feet with an abandoned heart that says, I just want you. I just want to know what you're saying. I just want to know your will. I've been finding myself in prayer, praying in the beginning of that Lord's Prayer. I don't want to call it the Lord's Prayer, it's the disciples' prayer. He was teaching them how to pray. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It was such a reverence and honor of who he was. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's like he was showing us. And when you begin to realize who God is and you spend time with him, there's such a reverence and an honor there that you want his kingdom and his will. Are we willing to seek past the points of our own understanding and our traditions and be okay or accepting of what we find? God knows the heart. And if you are seeking with no, tra- no desire to leave a tradition or a mediocre view of God, it's in vain. If you go in with you've got it figured out and I'm coming out with my answer, you're going to go in and you're going to come out with your answer. You're going to try to build a relationship on sand. You're praying, you're seeking, you're praying, you're seeking, you're asking. All within the mindset in the box that I've got to have control over. God does not operate in the box of our comfort. He reveals our true purpose and it always takes a stretching to live in that place. When I begin to discover this and I begin to say, this is what I want for my life. I want to know that at the end of my race, that I spent all of my time at the feet of Jesus. And I didn't care what he spoke. I was going to be obedient. Whatever he said, I was just going to be obedient. And and I went through this trying time because I began to realize that in the seeking, it's going to stretch you. But you begin to receive the abundant life. You begin to live in the abundant life. And in that seeking, I started going through that strain. And as a as a young Christian, I I, I was seeing fruit, seeing things happening in my life, but I knew there was a desire for more. And in spending that time, he began to refine me and take things out of my life that was comfortable. When I went through this stuff, I come to pastor because I was struggling with some of it. And he said, he just, <laughs> this is just so nonchalantly, he's like, he put you back on the potter's wheel. That doesn't mean much. But I took it into prayer and God showed me he's right. He said, I created you for that particular season for this perfect vessel that I had for that season, and now to take you where you're wanting to go, i got to put you back, smash you down, and begin to remold you. And when he began to remold me, I had a 
capacity so much greater than the first level of glory. We're asking for the more, but he's going to have to smush you back down on that wheel and begin to remold you so that you've got more room for him, more capacity. We're going to go, I'm going to touch on one more thing and then we're going to pray. And then we'll, I'll get out of you guys' way. Knock. Knock is just the fruit of passion to live out our God-given destiny. If you knock, what I mean by knock, if you begin to seek doors, opportunities, trying to force things in your life before you spend time with God, you will destroy more in your life than you can imagine. God specifically told me about this knock. He said, if you're focused on what you can open and what you can make happen before you spend time with the Father, you will create destruction for not only you, but your family and the people around you. Knocking has to just be a fruit of passion that comes out of spending time with Him. Because when you begin to spend time with God, you begin to get His heart on things, and then you just, you can't stand it. I've got to go figure out, I've got to go do what I was created to be. And I love the passion translation of what we read at the beginning and he says, everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. He said, ask, seek, and then knock. Because knock was the third least important. Because asking and seeking prepared you to knock on a door that God wasn't going to open and trust that he was still good. I spent time with the Father in asking out of a position of wonder of how good he was. And then in seeking more of him, I learned more about him and his heart and how good he was. And then out of this relationship, I've built with my father, knowing my identity and ready to see thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. I begin to knock on doors. And when they didn't open, I didn't go into depression. I didn't need somebody to counsel me. I didn't need to go talk to the pastor about it. It didn't open. It wasn't God's will. I keep knocking on the next door. And one day... When it's his perfect will and it's his perfect time and I've spent time in his presence and I can handle what's on the other side of the door, he'll open it. We're knocking. We're beating on doors. And God's just saying, I can't give you that. It'll destroy you because you don't know how to handle it. You don't know what my heart and my desires are for the things you're asking. So I can't give them to you. Keep knocking. It won't open. We have to understand that sometimes as believers. We just think nonchalantly, I've gotten the title. I can go do, knock, say, ask, whatever. I'm just going to get it. No, that scripture, don't abuse that scripture. That scripture was created for you to spend time with God and learn his will for your life and then passionately begin to knock and understand if it doesn't open, it's not his will. But I don't stop knocking. I don't stop pursuing. I don't stop spending time with the Father. We can knock when we have his desires. His desires come from spending time with him. They won't happen any other way. They won't happen coming on Sunday morning, hanging out with a bunch of awesome family of believers. That's good, and I, I cherish this time with you people. You're awesome. But you do not sustain me. I'm sustained by sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then I can run out there and I can knock on doors and he can open them or he can not open. It don't matter. He's still a good dad. 
Out of the seeking, we learn to trust him, and therefore we cannot get discouraged when we knock and it does not open. I love y'all. It's about all I have for tonight. But I want to pray for y'all. Because I want to be in this community, and I want us as a family to begin to ask, seek, and knock the way he designed. Asking creates a wonder in me that I want to ask the right questions. I want to ask God questions. God, I don't want to ask questions I can answer. And out of that, I want to spend time with the Father. And out of that, I want to seek his heart more. And then I want to get up as a reassured son or daughter of the one true living God and start knocking. Uncapable of being discouraged. (laughs) If you know who God says you are and you know who he created you to be, discouragement will not be in your vocabulary. You will understand that God has the absolute best for me. I just want to I want to pray something into you guys tonight. So if you would, you don't have to stand or anything like that. We're going to pray, and then Josh will come up and take it. But I just want you to put your hands out in front of you, and I just want to bless you guys with something. Because I believe God has given me a passion on this topic, and I want you guys to leave here not with a good sermon on your notepad, but I want you to leave with a desire to spend time with Jesus. It's critical. Father, we thank you. I pray right now with hands stretched forth, we are ready to receive in your presence. I pray your children with outstretched hands right now, I pray you begin to put a desire, a wonder in them to know their father, their good, good father. I pray as we leave here, God, that we have such a hunger and a desire to sit at the feet of Jesus, to spend time with you, To know what you're declaring over our families, over our marriages, over our children, over our body, over this church, over the body of Christ as a whole, over our community, over the brokenness in our community. We want to know what you're saying. And I pray right now, if there's anyone in this place dealing with a clouded mind, that we cannot clarify the voice of God. I just command silence and peace over that mindset. And I pray, God, as we begin to spend more time with you, we become obedient to the will that you're speaking over our lives. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.